Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Sea Dogs podcast. All things Scarborough Athletic FC, hosted by me, Paddy, and brought to you by This Is The Coast, the local commercial radio station for the Yorkshire Coast. Coming up this episode, did you ditch a so-called big club to support Scarborough? Also, my special guest this week is former Premier League and FA Cup final referee Jeff Winter, talking about his career and also his thoughts on Scarborough's rise through the leagues. Plus, we've got the latest Borough news, Dom Tears injury update and a look ahead to our Valentine's Day clash with Farsley Celtic, all on episode five of the Sea Dogs podcast. And of course, no game for Scarborough Athletic this weekend, so there is an invitation from the club to watch the reserves play at the Flamingoland Stadium for free. We'll be talking more about that in a bit as well. But right now, let's welcome this week's very special guest, former Premier League referee, also refed the FA Cup final in 2004 between Manchester United and Millwall. We used to work together at a radio station in Teesside. It's been ages. Jeff Winter, welcome to the Sea Dogs podcast. How are you? I'm fine, surviving. Always remain positive. In this world, after COVID, in this world we live in now, I'm the glass half full mentality. I leave the morning to other people and just live life to the full. Just a moment ago, before we start recording, you were telling me that you've just come in from a, a lovely walk with two rather well-known football names on the North York Moors. Yeah, we Thursdays I were I go out with Bernie Slave and every um, every Thursday I'm with some other pals and. Uh, Mark Proctor comes with us sometimes. Uh, we had a few footballers, and today Gary Pallister came. Well, you know, we put the world to rights. The world's a much better place. All the problems of football are sorted, and then we go home and put sky spots on and realise everything's just the same. There's always something to talk about, isn't there, with football? <clears throat> There's always something to talk about, about everything. I mean, I know you've got a feel for people that have... Um, lost friends and relatives over the last two or three years with COVID, but it's got a lot of people being a lot more positive and getting out there. I mean, I've, I've always been a big fan of our region and uh, the northeast of England in general, and down to places like Whitby and Scarborough, where I've always had close affinity to. But, you know, over the last three years, I, I didn't realise and appreciate how beautiful an area we actually have. And, you know, as each week goes by, we we discover somewhere different to walk. So, like I say, the world's not the best place at times and certainly hasn't been lately. But if you keep a smile on your face and... um, Blame everything on VAR and the world isn't so so bad, is it? Absolutely. Now, what a journey you've been on to become a Premier League referee. It's a long old road, that is. You've been there, you've done it, you've got the T-shirt. I'm going to ask you that obvious first question. Did you always want to be a referee, Jeff Winter? No, I wanted to be a footballer. Who wants to be a referee? I wanted to be a footballer. I wanted to play for Middlesbrough, win trophies. I wanted to play for England, win World Cups. And there was only one thing that prevented me. I was crap at playing football. That apart, the plan was laid in tablets of stone. I've always loved football from playing, from supporting. um, And life's gone full circle because I started refereeing almost by accident. Refereed for over 25 years. And now I've gone back to being... um, what I was at the beginning, a football fan and playing football, would you believe? I play walking football to a very poor standard a couple of times a week, uh, but I, I watch a heck of a lot of football and not just the um, professional game. I watch a lot of non-league football because the this part, our part of the world 
there's a lot of good referees come from our part of the world, and that was due to the the leagues that we refereed in round, you know, the North East and Yorkshire. And um, I quite enjoy, to be quite honest, sometimes I enjoy watching the games outside the top flights of professional football more than I actually do watching, you know, those games. And you obviously got right to the very top of refereeing, but it is a long, long road. And obviously you started right at the bottom. You needed to. Everyone does the start, you know, with junior football and, and the pubs leagues, you know, the dog and duck versus the red lion. We all we all did them. Um, you know, and then you progress up a little bit further and you're doing sort of Teesside League. Um, and in my part of the world here, I was doing the Northern League. Um, and it's a long, a long, long road. People people are amazed when they find out there are over 30,000 registered referees in the country. But, you, you know, you think about down in your part of the world how many kids games are going on every weekend yeah they all they all need officiating but i mean i when i started refereeing i had no aspirations to achieve anything i was more or less pushed into it by a customer of mine who was the north riding fa's secretary and i went on a referees course and then realized i've been watching football for the previous 23 years and didn't know the laws of the game <laughs> Um, but then I became a bit of a boy. You stood at a game with your mates, and they're doing the natural thing to criticise the referee. And you're saying, "Hang on a minute, the ref was actually right." Um, that's not something football fans want to hear. No, but, no, um, no. Know, I, I loved my career. I got to a level far higher than I ever aimed to. You know, when I started refereeing, it was a way of um, improving fitness and putting something back to the game I loved. But then, as I say, once my career finished, did a bit of media work, went on to the after-dinner speaking circuit where just continuing to talk about football and my experiences and going back to watching football. And I probably watch more football now than I've done at any stage of my life. I love watching football. I love playing football. I'm really lucky that my 11-year-old lad, Leo, is really into football as well. He loves playing. He's got a fantastic left foot on him. So he plays for his school team. He plays for a Sunday league team as well. And he's doing really, really well. But when you're watching him play, it is interesting seeing the grief that the referee gets. Some of it's the kids on the pitch and a lot of it's the parents on the side. And, and I just wonder, Jeff, where, where do you think that abuse is worse? Do you think it is at that level? Do you think it's, you know, non-league football, <coughs> league football, right at the top? I mean, where, where do you the feel it were? Where, where do you notice it most? Without any shadow of doubt, the, the worst is at grassroots level where, you know, people say, did you not feel intimidated at Old Trafford? Of course I didn't. I was in the middle of a pitch with 70,000, 80,000 people in there. But, you know, stewards, police, there was never any... You know, when I came out of the ground, I was in my car and away. It wasn't like on a Sunday morning, you know, in um, a junior league where mum and dad, who think their little Johnny's going to be David Beckham, are shouting abuse. Um, so... You know, the referees at grassroots level have the far more difficult job to do. Um, but it isn't helped in the pro game. You know, everybody's an expert. Um, we, we live in this world now where, you know, we've got to watch what we say. We've got to watch what we call people, how we describe people. And it always makes me snigger because <clears throat> the one species that seem to not benefit 
um, from this um, walk, as they call it, society that we now live in, are football referees because they're, you know, they're. Um, it's free reign to criticise them because everybody knows better. And, you know, a lot of that stems, stems from some of the comments that we hear the pundits making on television. But fortunately, you know, without getting too philosophical about it, if you ain't got a referee, you ain't got a game. So, you know, um, whilst some people don't take to it, don't like the abuse, and why should they? Fortunately, some a lot of people do stick at it and, you know, prosper. And, you know, looking at your son, if he can continue to play football and carve out not necessarily a professional career, but enable him to keep fit and play football to a decent standard, you know, all the way through his teenage years and into adulthood, then for me, that's the best option. Um, you want to play the game rather than wave a flag or blow a whistle. But, you know, if you're not quite good enough or, you know, for whatever reason, the refereeing and officiating does give you an opportunity that perhaps, as I joked about earlier, um, you know, if you're not the best footballer, you might be the best referee. So to be involved in the game and participate, you know, if you said to me you were going to referee the FA Cup final, um, I would never have dreamed it possible. But it, it turned out to be a downside more possible than it ever was going to be for me to play in the FA Cup final. So, you know, for, for your youngster and the thousands and thousands of youngsters out there, play the game. But, you know, if that's not quite working for you, you can, and there's a wonderful career in refereeing now, you know, I mean, you get to the very top. Uh, I think the referees in the Premier League are pay, paid more than the Prime Minister. And I'm not going to get political, but on most occasions, they do better jobs than the Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you are refereeing the FA Cup final, obviously you, you've been a Premier League referee for a long, long time, but uh, you must have a moment there during that match. Maybe the ball's gone out for a for a goal kick or something where you just, you just take it in just for a moment. Do you have a chance to take it in for a moment and think, wow. Well, the advice I give to anybody uh, at any level, when the cup final or the big game comes along, savour every moment because 90 minutes is 90 minutes, whether it's on the local rec or it's at Wembley Stadium. But the day, rather than just the 90 minutes, flies by. So, you know, your advice to savour every minute is um, is very good advice. But, you know, on that particular day, I think I was quite unique because for a multitude of reasons that don't normally give the referee the FA Cup final as the final match of the career. Um, you know, you could take advantage of that situation, do something um, quite amazing and probably um, quadruple the amount of books you would sell post-career or... Um, make a, a real name for yourself and um, I don't think they would trust referees to do that but it was the final game of my professional career and the harsh reality um, on 90 minutes was one, I've got away, you know, there was no controversy there was only one yellow card and that was Dennis Wise so I think most people would forgive me for that um, but when I blew that whistle at Wembley Stadium I knew that was it and, you know, 25 years of my life or that chapter of my life was over. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 
savour every minute. And, and I wouldn't only say that about football, I'd say that about life in general. You know, always be positive and enjoy whatever you're doing because, you know, there mightn't be another opportunity. You see some referees who really look like they really are enjoying being out there, you know, quite flamboyant in their style. And, and it, you do wonder, and, and I don't know whether this is the case for you, I mean, do you become a different sort of character? Are you, when you're on that pitch, are you Jeff Winter referee, you know, rather than just Jeff Winter the person? Do, do you have to become almost someone else? someone a bit bigger to, to be able to deal with everything around you? Well, I've always said that, you know, I mean, I, I do a lot of public speaking and when you pick up the microphone and start speaking to an audience, you do become like a singer, like an actor, like it, it's a show. And, you know, you are out there as a referee, slightly different because as a referee, if if you're not doing your job, you get criticised. If you are doing your job, you're accused of wanting to be the centre of attention. Now, there may be some characters or some referees that, you know, do um, carry out that role, but I don't know many of them because you ask any referee and all they want is at the end of 90 minutes, nobody to be talking about them. I mean, who, who wants to see the name splattered over the newspaper in a derogatory fashion? Who wants to um, be the subject of the post-match analysis when it's all about the referee rather than talking about the six-goal thriller? So, you know, in, in refereeing, you, you could want to be out of the limelight, but the game itself doesn't really allow that. You know, the referee, it's always been the same. When you go take your youngsters to the pantomime at Christmas, everybody is going to boo the ugly sisters. And when you go to a football match and the referee points in the other direction against your side, you and the supporters of that club are going to boo the referee. So winning friends and influencing people and being popular, don't even look at refereeing as a career because it's a, if you do, it's a poor choice. <laughs> Let's turn attention to my club, Scarborough Athletic. This is, of course, the Sea Dogs podcast. Lots of Borough fans will be listening. Fifth in National League North at the moment. Uh, Favourites yeah. to go down. You know, we've been in the playoffs all season long, just five points off the top. It's a very, very good league. I know it is. I mean, I, I watch... Um, I've done a few um, match day hostings at Darlington that, you know, are up there alongside yourself. And I've, I've seen Scarborough... Um, and it's great to see because I go back many, many years to, you know, I think my first um, dealings with Scarborough was when there was a, a young manager there called Neil Warnock. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I've not been to the new ground, but um, uh, Jonathan Greening's still your gaffer, isn't he? He is indeed, yes, of yeah. course. And you're a Borough fan, aren't you? A Middlesbrough yeah. fan, so you'll know Obvi all about him. Obviously, I know John from his time at Middlesbrough. And uh, I saw Scarborough, the last time I saw Scarborough play was at Redcar Athletic in the North Riding Senior Cup, I think, last season. Yeah. Um, you know, so they've come a hell of a long way, which is great because when, you know, in a community, the football club, Scarborough might not be the biggest name in the national game, but to the fans and the people of Scarborough, it's very, very important. And when you see teams, you know, going to free fall like Berry, um, you know, and and many other clubs, um, it's great to see them come back. And it's a long road back, but Scarborough appear to be 
making a good fist of it because you you must be in with a a fairly decent chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Well, the chairman Trevor Bulls, we wanted to get to fifty points, you know, to to make sure that we were safe. But we're there now, so I think yeah. now attention can turn to uh, to maybe something a little bit more ambitious. Great to see Darlington as well. Similar position to Scarborough, you know, the club going bust, having to work your way back up the leagues. People are, are in love with this club. It's actually the thing about Scarborough Athletic now that the club has just really got out into the community. The community's really really behind the club now and it feels it feels as good as it did when when Scarborough FC was a league club in the 1990s in some ways more so because we the fans all own the club it's 100% fan owned well I mean I officiated you know at the old ground um, on many occasions both as an assistant referee and as a referee but um, you're talking about the passion of the fans I think the time before the game at Redcar that I saw Scarborough play last um, was at the North Riding Senior Cup final at the Riverside. And you talk about the passion of the fans, and I don't know whether it's still the case, but there used to be some fans that went to the games in a hearse. Yes, that was Dave Hunter and his mates. I believe the hearse broke down. Oh, uh, dear. Uh, but yes, they were travelling all around the, the country in a in a hearse. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I came into the Riverside car park that night and pulled in and there was one car parking space next to this hearse. Now, that's, I hope that's an ominous, not an ominous sign, but, <laughs> you know, I mean... That's the great thing about non-league. There's, I mean, sadly, you do find occasionally there's a little bit of um, rivalry on the terraces like they used to be in the old days. But, you know, I'm going to watch Stockton Town this weekend and there's banter, you know, you can stand and if you so wish, you can have a beer, you can take the family and you don't need a second mortgage. And I think at times, and especially during COVID, I think that helped the prominence of non-league football. I mean, some of the crowds that you're seeing at non-league games are amazing. Averaging over 1,600 at Borough. The professional game at times can price itself out of a lot of people's pockets. So... I always remember that if it hadn't been for the non-league scene, I wouldn't. You, you're talking about FA Cup finals. Well, for referees and and anybody else in the game, you don't get to that level without learning the tricks of your trade at um, at lower league football. And I'm, I, you know, I'm a great fan. I do a lot of um, fundraising dinners and speaking at non-league clubs in the area, and um, I'm always happy to help because. I realise how important that is to the communities and to, you know, if you haven't got a strong um, foundation in the game, what's going to happen at the top? And as we see, you know, in recent news with the corruption and the rule breaking and European Super Leagues and everything, I think a lot of fans out there have just got totally sick of that. And they're thinking, hey, we can go to Scarborough on Saturday, you know, we can take the family we can have a beer before the game, in most cases, even during the game. Yeah. Um, it's not going to cost you a week's wages to go to the football match. And the best way to describe it, I think there's a greater degree of honesty in, in non-league football than there is higher up. You know, how many times do you see players yellow carded for diving in um, at Scarborough Athletic? You know, it, it just isn't as prevalent as when we see, you know, you're watching a premiership game and you've got to watch umpteen replays to work out whether the player's dived or whether he actually has been fouled. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it's honest attacking football and, um, 
yeah, I used to love refereeing local football even when I was on the when I was on the Premier League if I had a spare Saturday or spare midweek I still um, would take a, a local game on and now you know I, I watch probably more I work for Middlesbrough Football Club on the home games in the hospitality and I do go up to Scotland I'm a season ticket holder at Ibrox but if I'm not watching either of Rangers or Middlesbrough you'll find me at Stockton, Darlington, uh, Redcar, and I'm going to have to add Scarborough. A few people have invited me and said, why don't you come down? Yeah. Because I ha- as yet, I haven't had the opportunity to come down to the new ground. Love to see you there. Love to see you there. I, th- I think you'd, you'd, you'd have a great time and, and just you'd, you'd feel you'd feel that, that progress that the club's made and you'd feel you'd feel a club that is at the centre of its community, you know. And actually, looking at those derbies, uh, Darlington against Scarborough, it was a sellout over 3,000 and then the return game, sellout 3,200, Scarborough against Darlington. And you know, and that just says it all, doesn't it? At, at this level, we won't, we won't, we won't mention the result in the second game. We, we won't mention we? the result in the second <laughs> game, and and of course, I mean, you'll, I'm sure you'll be aware there was there was an incident where the game at Scarborough was oh yes was yes. delayed by around forty minutes. A very very tiny minority of supporters from both teams uh, making comments to the female assistant referee. It, it's great to see more female referees in football. And what you don't want is misogynistic comments, etc., affecting officials and spoiling the football match for everyone else. There's no sort of advocating for idiots. And um, I suppose that's the one side, whilst it's a positive that you can go to the ground in non-league football and not be so severely policed as you are in, in the you know, in the full-time game, um, you know, where you can't stand there, you've got to sit down, you can't have a drink, you can't do that, you can't do the other. You're thinking, hang on, I'm paying a lot of money and all I'm being told is what I can't do. Um, that's not the case at non-league football. But the, the bad side is on the rare occasion, there is a, you know, a big game and there's a little bit of animosity. There isn't the as much a deterrent. I know the clubs do the best they can with stewarding, but stewarding and police cost money. So, you know, you're hoping that the money going into the clubs will help benefit the clubs. If they're having to pay it out, then, you know, that is the sad side of it. But, you know, with regard to female officials, the the female game has come on leaps and bounds, obviously helped by the Lionesses. But, I mean, the first female match official to run the line in the Premier League ran the line to me, a very first game, Southampton versus Crystal Palace at the Old Den for the, for your older um, subscribers. Um, long long since dismissed or pro, um, probably a housing estate like a lot of the old grounds are now. Mm. But, you know, she was as good as any of the guys. So they've got to pass the same fitness tests, there's no um, preference or no special um, paths for them. They've got to do the job. And in football, what's to stop a, a girl, lady, being as good, if not better, than you know a male official? So good luck to them. But, I mean, I remember when Wendy Toms was the girl who ran the line for me. There was banter from the terrorists. And some of it was a bit crude and others about... You know, I can't remember the words of the song, but implying they should be at home to, in the kitchen or something. And in those days, perhaps it was banter. 
and you know you could laugh i'd look across at her and she'd be smiling and i'd be laughing at her but now you know we live in a totally different world now where people take offense to everything but i don't want to see banter taken away completely but when it becomes personal when it becomes nasty then it, it needs policing and it needs kicking out uh, Jeff, it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you and catch up with you again. We used to work together at a radio station in the North East many, many years ago. And, uh, well, you, you were as good on in front of a microphone as, as you were as a referee. And, and that is a compliment, by the way. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm looking for a job then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, look, you, you, you're always invited to the Flamingoland Stadium at Scarra. I know everyone would love to see you. Um, you know, so please do come and come and watch a game at some point. It'd be brilliant to have you there. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and get down. Um, used to go to a lot of, you know, midweeks are wonderful because nowadays you can probably... Um, you can get to a football game virtually every night of the week. I know up here in the northeast, they've started playing games on um, a Friday night, and I think one of the initial reasons was to help these groundhoppers get to, to new grounds. Mm. But you know, the, the number of times, and it might be so bad for yourself. But then, having said that, I know from the past there'll be people in Scarborough that go to watch Leeds United or even go to watch York City and if Scarborough were playing on a night or a day that they weren't at home it helps your attendance Yeah, and I think you know the number of times I look around here that when Scarborough um, Stockton are at home Gisborough at home Whitby at home Redcar Athletic at home and Middlesbrough at home, and you're thinking how many more people would have gone to those non-league games if the game had kicked off, you know, on the Friday evening or the Sunday lunchtime or whatever. Yeah. And I think I think we should be doing whatever we can to encourage people to support grassroots football. Yeah, but there's a big rivalry between Scarborough and York, so I'm not sure too many Scarborough fans are going to a York game, but I do know it's a good example. I, do, I, did, I did throw that one yeah. in as a little bit of a joke. Yeah. I've refereed that game in, in, in the olden days in the North Riding Senior Cup, yeah. but um, <laughs> I, I knew that. And Scarborough haven't got a game this weekend, so it's kind of what you were saying, really. Uh, fans of Scarborough Athletic maybe going to other games, a, a few are going to Pickering. There'll be a fair few watching Scarborough Reserves at the Flamingo Stadium, which is great for them as well. Well, the, my football mix this weekend is I'm going to Cleethorpes on Saturday to watch Stockton Town play. And then on the Sunday, I'm up slightly further afield. I'm going up to Ibrox to watch Rangers play. But um, one day, I'm, sooner rather than later, I'll try and get myself down to Scarborough. Great. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you there. And I'll keep an ear out in case you criticise the referee. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jeff. It's been brilliant. Cheers, Paddy. Thank you very much. You're listening to episode five of the Sea Dogs podcast, brought to you by This Is The Coast. And hosted by me, Paddy, all things Scarborough Athletic. My massive, massive thanks to football legend Jeff Winter, former Premier League referee and also referee the FA Cup final in 2004 between Manchester United and Millwall. That was his final game. What a game to, to go out with as well. And not once did he plug what he does, uh, so I'm going to do it for him. If you want to find out more about Jeff Winter and his after-dinner speaking, etc., uh, Jeff Winter, entertainmentandmedia.co.uk. Jeff Winter entertainmentandmedia.co.uk Jeff, thank you so much for your time uh, on the Sea Dogs podcast episode 5 and hopefully we'll see you at a Borough game sooner rather than later that's the real Borough by the way Scarborough Athletic never mind this Middlesbrough stuff uh, now, a little topic that we put in the Scarborough Athletic Sports Group this week um, 
did you ditch a so-called big club to become a Scarborough fan? Uh, Paul Eaton says, I'm an Everton fan who loved holidays to Scarborough. One holiday I went to the McCain Stadium. That was, of course, Scarborough FC's old home. Fans made me welcome. That was the start. And when Athletic started, I became a fan. I put money in and became part of the family. And Gary Cox says, as a boy, I was a Liverpool fan, late 70s, early 80s. Then after years of summer holidays in Scarborough, I noticed all the shops displaying congratulations to the Borough on automatic promotion. Up to then, I didn't even know about the team. So I went to a friendly down Seymour Road and I was hooked. I still get to games when I can some 35 years later. Up the borough, says Gary Cox. Well, thank you for your stories. And we'll finish on some Scarborough Athletic news. Dom Tier injury update first. Uh, he sustained a knee injury during a training session and after a recent MRI scan, uh, the club can confirm he has a posterior cruciate ligament injury and he's waiting to see a specialist. So he's unlikely to be available for selection for the rest of the 2022-2023 season. The club wishes Dom the best with his recovery, although they are keeping him busy. He is the latest guest on the official uh, Scarborough Athletic podcast and that latest episode is out on Sunday. The first team are without a match this weekend, as we've already mentioned, due to the rearrangement of the Farsley Celtic fixture. And that means that the Flamingoland Stadium is available for the reserves this weekend. So in a break from Humber Premier League action, the reserves face Cherry Burton FC in the Whitehead Fish and Chip Cup. Borough's reserves have been doing well in the league, but they're coming up against tough opposition from the league above. Having been defeated by Cherry Burton in pre-season, the reserves are looking to come up triumphant and progress in the cup. It's free to attend, and manager Paul Exley is uh, hoping plenty do come along to the Flamingoland Stadium to cheer them on. And Borough will be fairly fresh after 10 days of rest for the Farsley Celtic game on Valentine's Day night. They'll still be without Will Thornton and, as mentioned, Dom Tier. Manny Ilisamni's work experience period ends prior to Tuesday's fixture. Uh, Borough are going to be looking to build on last Saturday's win over full-time Kidderminster Harriers. Farsley are in the quarter-final of the FA Trophy this weekend, away at Hungerford Town. They're going to be without Frank Mulhern with a four-match suspension. Meanwhile, star striker Jimmy Spencer left the Celts to join Curzon Ashton this week. The Celts face a busy period of relentless fixtures as a result of postponements and advancements in cup competitions. They'll be fielding a number of familiar faces, including Lewis Turner, Isaac Asenso, Tom Allen and Max Dernley. And don't forget, if you do want to go along to the game on Tuesday, it is Valentine's Day, but the club haven't forgotten that. In fact, bring your other half, enjoy a two-course meal, match entry for two, programme, team sheet, bottle of wine and a Valentine's balloon. All of that for £75. And there's even a £12.50 discount per season pass holder. Book your place by emailing rhiannon.hunt at scarboroughathletic.com. And that is episode five of the Sea Dogs podcast. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Do leave a review on iTunes, etc. That really helps as well. We've had great news that the Sea Dogs podcast has reached number 12 in the podcast chart for sports podcasts across the nation, which is just fantastic. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on episode six.